it's amazing. We're, we're about to end the new year. How do you like it? No, to end the old year and start a new year. How do you like that? You'll be like, what? What? Right? Ah, but what happened is we know, like, what month is today? What month we are into? Yeah, but in the secular year, which one is? January, right? So, it's very interesting that this month didn't exist when <laughs> or people put together the calendar. But we celebrated, right? Well, I don't. I, you know, to me, the new, the new secular year is like a flag to let me know when I'm going to start my, the gym. I haven't started it yet. Haven't started it yet, but you know that—that's my thing. You know, the new secular year is useful for secular things. You know, like that. Uh, I know that. Uh, you know, like in business, you gotta do certain things. It's a fiscal year. It's a, it's a time when you hear about government issues and things like that. You know, that's that's another situation. Uh, and you don't seem to be affected by it, at least spiritually. I don't. I mean, it, but it's good. I mean, but we're about to end the, the, with this month, and I tell you why. We, we're about to end this year. Uh, we are in Rosh Hashanah Shabbat. It's the 11th month in the Tanakh or biblical calendar. So it depends on which life are you living. Which life is more priority for you? You know, what are you prior prioritizing, if that's a word? What are your priorities in life? Uh, it is the secular or is the spiritual? Or is, what is it, you know? So, we got to get used to the spiritual realm. Otherwise, we're not going to be ready when Yeshua comes back. We're going to be like, oh, wait a minute, what did I miss? You know, and so uh, the month of Shabbat is the eleventh month, counting from Nisan, and it is the fifth month of the civil year. So even in Judaism, you have the civil, the civil, the secular, and you have the spiritual, the biblical. The same Shabbat was acquired in the name Shabbat was acquired in Babylon as it is the case with the names of the other Hebrew months. So we got this issue since many, many, many years ago when the Jewish people moved to, they were forced to be moved to Babylon in the Babylonian captivity. In there, they were used to certain things and they kind of uh, fit into the cultural background in there, just like the Jewish people in here is doing it. And so, and they changed kind of the language, the names, and certainly customs, and so on. So, is the months are in this way. I always put them together in that way. You see those arrows? That's Nisan. You see what Shabbat is? So we're about to end the biblical calendar and start a new year. But then you see Tishrei. You're like, wait a minute. What is this? We have Tishrei as well. Well, in the calendar, we have different, different um, uh, 
uh, month with different days, like Nisan, Sivan, Av, Tishrei, and Shabbat, or uh, 30 days month. But then you have 29 days month, there are Iyar, Tamuth, Elul, you have uh, Tibet, Adar when he's in, uh, uh, Adar 2 when he's in leap years. Adar 1 when he's in leap years is, is, is 30. It's kind of confusing, right? And then you have, you have other two months, Hasvan and Kislev, sometimes are 29 days and sometimes are 30 days. Uh, so yeah, it comes from, from 29 to 30 days. And so, yeah, it's kind of very confusing. Now, but this month is mentioned, actually, in the scriptures. In, uh, and it says, on the 24th day of the 11th month, the month of Shabbat, you can look at it in Zechariah 1.7. I'm from the uh, complete Jewish Bible version, but uh, you can find it in your own Bibles as well. You see, you see what I'm talking about. Um, now, the relevance of Shvat is mentioned in, in the Tanakh. He says, Moses began Mishneh Torah, which is the second Torah, on the first day of Shvat. He says, there are the words of Moshe spoke to all Israel on the far side of the Jordan River in the desert. And you see, the next, the next portion is the interesting one. On the first day of the 11th month, on the 40th year, Moshe spoke to the people of Israel, reviewing everything Adonai had ordered him to tell them. So you see this, this uh, accuracy in the Bible. But again, what happened is we are more into the secular than into of Bibles. We are more into, it was kind of sad the other day that, uh, you know, the cell phones now, they give you like the screen time you're spending on. And I wasn't happy about that, man. I was like, how many hours? I'm not, not going to tell you where. But I was like, you know, I thought I, wasn't, I was not spending many hours in this nonsense. And I'm doing it. I'm you know, I'm like, I need to repent, definitely, because I'm like, I'm not supposed to spend that many hours in something that is not productive, spiritual productive, you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> when you do the math at the end of the year, you're spending more time in something that you're not supposed to. So I'm glad that these people are sending the screenish time for me to see it. So I can change my, my habits. We all are full of habits. Good habits and bad habits. Like brushing your teeth. It's a good habit, right guys? It's a good habit. Don't miss that. Before you go to bed, at least, at least before you go to bed, try to brush them. You got to do it in the morning as well. And anytime you eat, well, if you have time, you know. But anyways, you have to brush your teeth and, and floss them too, right? Otherwise, you're going to have bad teeth. That's a good habit. 
But then we have other habits in our lives that we don't even realize what we are doing till someone is telling us, until we realize, or if you are a prayerful person, until the, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what's going on in your life. And then you realize, oh, sorry God, I, was, I thought I was doing good. You know? And so, it's a good thing to, to, to know. What, what are you spending time on? Now, the rabbinical tradition made an association on the first Shvat with Shavuot, the sixth of Sivan, that's another month. That is why this month is also considered a month to return to the Torah. So this is a good month to return to the Torah, and I tell you why. Since we, Messianic Jews, believe that Yeshua HaMashiach is the living Torah, and Torah is our Mashiach, it is important to celebrate His sacrifice for us, and so we seek to return to His teachings in this month. This is priority, this month, and i tell you why eventually. Also, we have uh, different, um, uh, this month in Jewish history, we have some important days. It marks important dates, uh, and the most important are, number one, Moses repeats the Torah, I mentioned it before, on the first of Shabbat of the Hebrew year 2488, before the common era, of course. According to the book of Deuteronomy, Moses convened the Jewish people and began the 37-day the review of the Torah, which he concluded on the day of his death, on Adar 7th of that year. So the book of Deuteronomy basically was written in 37 days. Can you believe that? He probably used a lot of, a lot of computers. A lot of typewriting machines. I don't know what he used. I think he uses a lot of scribes to do that. I don't think he did it by himself. But anyways, he, he concluded in 37 days. He was kind of rushing, 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 rushing because he knew he was going to die. And he died perfectly healthy according to the, to the Tanakh, to the Torah. Now, uh, I have a book here. I, I couldn't make time to due to many things I've been through, I didn't have time to make the, the proper writing on paper or on the, on the screen, so I got the books. Let me see, this book is really awesome. If you wanna know which book is, uh, I'll tell you later. Uh, let me see, explaining the Torah, why Shabbat? This is the wisdom of the Hebrew months. Very good. The guys who wrote this are not, the guy who wrote this is not a Jesus believer. This is awesome. I mean, this is great. They, got a re they are really close to it. And it has uh, many good things here, but I'm going to read. Can we now understand why Moshe explained the Torah in all seven languages? Remember, he explained it in all seven languages, right? Uh, Levush Orah writes that Moshe was afraid that after over 200 years in Egypt, some of the people might not understand Lashom HaKodesh. So there's kind of, you know, you know what Lashom Horah is, right? There is, Lashom Horah is evil speech. When you are saying bad things about somebody, 
it doesn't matter if those, those are the truth. But you're saying something bad. And you can see that very often in social media. It used to be on TV when you used to turn the TV at any time and you have these, uh, how do you call them, these uh, talking programs, these, uh, what you might call them, talk shows. Thank you, talk shows. Now it's all over the place. You open your media stuff, even from your own people, right? I have people from Mars. No, it's not your group. Um, the Martians are the bad ones. No, Bethel, I know, no. And so I, then I start to see things that I don't really want to see from a believer. You know what I mean? Why this believer from Mars, again, it's not from Bethel and I, he's talking about, he's talking about Lashom Hara, about somebody. I don't care if that somebody, what happened to that somebody is good or bad. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the truth or not. I just don't want to hear it. Because I don't want to fill my mind and my heart of things like that. You know what I mean? So I want to, I want to make sure that everything I got, Everything I got the power to have access to is not Lashom Hara. But it needs to be Lashom HaKodesh. So, again, we'll go back to this. In a nation that contained more than 600,000 adult males, there were probably Jews who spoke languages other than Lashom HaKodesh. It means the Hebrew language, the language of the Bible. Okay? The only way Moshe could be certain that each and every Jew, without exception, will understand the Torah was to teach in it, was to teach it in all 70 languages. In other words, Moshe felt that the Torah should be like the Chodesh Shabbat. Um, Chodesh Shabbat. Um, just as water mixes freely, the Torah should be av available to all learned scholars and simply Jews, those who understand Lashem Kodesh, and those who speak other languages. Moshe made the Torah accessible to all. Now, we know, according to the same Torah, that there were a big crowd with them. So I'm pretty sure that crowd, some of those people were Africans that they didn't know uh, the... the um, what you might call it, the Lashom HaKodesh. So it was available to them as well. Okay? So that's, that's a good thing. Um, and there's more things about Hassan and all of that. I'm not going to go on to that. But the other thing is they get um, Kim Ptolemy. Kim Ptolemy was somebody who was uh, actually forcing the Jewish people to translate the Torah into Greek. It's called the Septuagint. So, why Hassal explains that they were sad if they translated? It was the motivation. The motivation of this king was to reduce the Torah to a different level, to a common level, to literature, to just a simple literature out there, cultural thing, like the newspapers, like the magazines, like those social medians we have access to. And so that was the only problem that they, they felt that it was not, not a good thing. So uh, uh, the next thing that is happening was Zechariah's prophecy. According to Zechariah 1, 7 to 16, on the 24th day of the 11th 
month, which is the month of Shabbat, in the second year of the reign of Darius, the word of God came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, I will return to Jerusalem in mercy. My house will be built within her. This was two years before the completion of the second temple, on the third of Adar, 515 before the common era. The next event is happening during this year. I'm just picking up some of them. And I'm using the same slides I used last year because I have for many reasons. So the next thing is happening during this year is Tu Beshvat. What is Tu Beshvat? It's the new year of the trees. Wait a minute. We're talking about new year, right? How come we're going to go through another new year? What's going on here? Uh, Tu Beshvat, the 15th day of the Jewish month of Shvat, is, the, is a holiday also known as the New Year of the Trees. The word two is not really a word, it's a number. It's the number 15 in Hebrew. As if you were to call the 4th of July, like, you know, the 4th of July, this is the same thing. Fourth, uh, you know, it's like the in Roman numerals. See, uh, Hebrew alphabet for more, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. This is for me, this note, it's not for you. Okay, Judaism has several different New Years. That's also confusing, but you know, it's not a strange, this is not an extreme, strange concept. Because here in the States, we have the calendar year January to December, right? So it's in the rest of the planet. But then the school year starts when? September. So that's a new school year. It starts on September, September to June. Right? That's in a year. Also, you have the businesses, the businesses have fiscal years. Right? And also, when you do your taxes, April 15th, right? So that's a new year as well. So you have different things, different years in, in, uh, in, in the secular calendar as well. And so, uh, let me see if I can find these notes. Where did I put them? Uh, so you have, right, oh, right here, and the, and the Jewish calendar, you have four new years, actually. In ancient times, there were four new years on the Jewish calendar, and, you know, Jewish people is still observe, studying, whatever. And so, uh, if you remember the month I put together, supposedly on first Tishrei, we start a new year, which is called Rosh Hashanah. Tishrei serves as the new year for several purposes, the best known being the new year for the civil calendar or the new year for seasons. Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah literally means the head of the year. So this is in the seventh month of the biblical calendar. So what's going on there? Jewish years are to Sorry. From creation. For example, this year is what? 5,779. So that's from the creation, according to the tradition. Uh, with the new year beginning on 
on first Tishrei is is five thousand seven hundred seventy-nine. Although Rosh Hashanah is not a well-defined holiday in the Torah, distinguished mostly as a day when the horn or the shofar is sound. That is in November twenty-nine. Uh, November? No, sorry. Numbers. <laughs> numbers twenty-nine-one. So the Talmud expanded its religious connotations to make it the Jewish New Year in the anniversary of the creation. Uh, there's more, more things in here also. At the beginning of the civil calendar, one Tishrei is also considered the New Year for measuring the reigns of foreign kings. Necessary because legal documents were dated by the current year of the monarch's reign. So anytime you see in the Bible, in times of king so-and-so, it was calculated from the first of Tishrei. Okay? But the foreign kings, not the Jewish kings, rather than measuring a king's reign from a date he took office, first Tishrei served as a standard anniversary marking the end of a full year of rule. Even if that year had only been part of a year, which is more confusing. So, um, the new year for setting the sabbatical year during which land may not be cultivated is also for Tishrei. The command for observing a sabbatical year appears in Leviticus 25, 2 to 5. When you enter the land that I assign to you, the land shall observe a Sabbath of the Lord. Six years you may sow your field, and six years you may prune your vine yard and gather in the in the in the uh, yield. But in the seventh year, the land shall have a Sabbath of complete rest, a Sabbath of the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. It shall be a year of complete rest for the land. Plowing and planting were forbidden from the first Tishrei of the seventh year in the sabbatical cycle. And people were allowed to gather only what the land could produce on its own without cultivation. So, and then you have the calculation for the year, the Jubilee, which happened then, the first Tishrei. Uh, first Tishrei is also in a year for figuring the yearly tithe, the Ma'aser, is a type of tithe, or 10% on vegetables and grains. The Levites and priests were supported by this tithe because they did not own land. The tithe for a particular year had to be paid with produce from the same year, thus requiring a standard date to begin and, uh, uh, begin and end each fiscal year. And then you have the steps. You have the, you know, the Ma'aser, the Ma'aser Rishon. You also have the, uh, the Levites then prepare out of the tenth. It's called the Teruma for the priests. And then also you have the Ma'aser Sheni which is another tithe. All those were calculated, and you have the first, the second, the fourth, and the fifth year of sabbatical cycle. All those things we're going to see it in the Torah class, because it's a lot, a lot of stuff to, to see. Anyhow, uh, and then the other thing we see here uh, in this, uh, the other new year is this one that we're gonna, going to uh, commemorate. is the 15th Shabbat I was telling you about. We're going to talk about it uh, eventually. The other new year is the first of Nisan. I think that's the most important new year for us. 
the third Jewish New Year is first Nisan, which and again I'm saying Jewish, but I, we know it's the biblical years. We in this congregation and most of the Messianic movement, we include everyone. It's for all of us. It's not just for the Jews. All right. So the the third New Year is first Nisan which corresponds to the season of the redemption from Egypt and the birth of the Israelite nation. We are about, we are actually reading about it. We read in the book of Exodus. So it's not a, a, a coincidence that the, you know, the rabbis, Ezra and Nehemiah and the elders put all these things together because it, it has a reason. And so you have uh, first Nisan, uh, this particularistic national event defines the nature of the New Year celebrated on the first Nisan. Uh, let's move on. And then the other New Year is the first Elul. The last New Year, first Elul, is the New Year, New Year for the tithing of cattle. The tithe for cattle had to be made from cattle born in the same fiscal year between first Elul one year and the next. So there you go, you have four. Of course we not celebrate, we know you know, sacrifice cattle anymore. But we do something. We kind of use the month of Elul to kind of review our lives and make sure that we are going kind of, we, we kind of do a, a soul cleanup before the, the holidays. But we're going to do the same thing uh, right before Nisan, because Nisan, you know, it's, it's the new year. It's the new year for, for us, the believers. And the Lord mentioned it in the, in the you know, he mentions all of that. So, let's move on. In the States, uh, we celebrate like, uh, well, Tubish, but it's considered by secular Israeli Jews and organizations to, uh, to be the Jewish equivalent of Arbor Day. You know, we have Arbor Day here in the States. Uh, so it's often referred by the name in international media. Ecological organizations in Israel and in diaspora have adopted the holiday to further environmental awareness programs. Uh, on Israeli kibbutzim, Tubishba is celebrated as an agricultural holiday. In uh, Bethel and I, you can, I think you can look still in the website how to plant trees in Israel. That's the way we, we celebrate it. We plant trees in Israel. Now, some customs that people do in, uh, in here, they do kind of a, a pre-Pesach uh, seder. We, I think we did it here in the community one, once or twice, I'm not sure. But it's, it's, it would be nice to make a community or a family kind of a pre-seder. Pre like a rehearsal of a rehearsal, you know, because every every uh, festival and commemoration we do is a rehearsal for things to come, for the world to come. But it's good to kind of, you know, and this was adapted, this Seder was adapted. What they do is they eat new uh, new fruit on this day, eat fruit from the seven species or spices. Species, okay, thank you. Uh, you sure it's a species? All right, I'm just saying, I have a problem many times I say that, so. Uh, anyway, what are those? Deuteronomy 8.8, 8. remember those spices or species? It's not species, right? 
that's something like that movie. Remember that movie? Spice. Huh? It was a, an old movie, right? The thing is all about these creatures who came down from someplace else. Anyways, don't worry about that. So this was acquired by uh, some traditional Jews. They develop a Seder ritual conceptually similar to Pesach, the Passover Seder, discussing the spiritual significance of fruits and on the Shivat Haminim, you know, the, the, the fruits. This custom spread uh, primarily in the Sephardi communities, but it's in recent years has been getting more attention among Ashkenazim and, of course, among uh, the Messianics as, as well. Uh, we do plant trees. Some people plant trees. Some communities, even today, Jewish children commonly go around collecting money to plant trees in Israel uh, in this time of the year. Uh, you've been seeing some uh, Sukkot and uh, some trees in there. There's the cedar tree, the cypress tree, and the chupas. The chupas. Uh, another thing I want to tell you. Men are like trees. What I got that? I got it in this other book. Men are like trees. A man is like a tree. The connection between the, the letter Ayim and the month of Shavat begins to emerge. Shavat is a month that is very important to trees. And trees, as we will see, stand as a parallel for people, particularly Sadikim, you know what the Sadikim are? The righteous ones, righteous people. The Rosh Hashanah for trees takes, or the New Year for trees takes place on Shabbat. But there is a well-known dispute between uh, the house of Shammai and the house of Hillel, as usual, regarding which day in the month. Uh, the house of Shammai says it is the first of Shabbat, and Hillel says it is the 15th. Now you see who is the one who was stronger in their opinions, the Jewish people took over the idea that it was on 15th. That's why it's called Tuvish Bat. But these trees are not just trees of the vegetable world. The Torah states in the volume 2019, for a man is like a tree of the field. Um, There is a deep and abiding correspondence between mankind and trees. When God created the world, he certainly had a specific intention in regard to every one of the myriad details of the plant kingdom. Every fruit and vegetable has a reason why it was created and a reason why it should continue to endure. Do you hear some voices? Or is it me? Or is it me? At the same time, all of these innumerable parts combined together with those of the inanimate animal and human realms, realms to serve one grand overarching purpose. And this is true of a man as well. There is a special reason why each person was created. As Hazal says, just as their faces are not similar to each other, so too their thinking is not similar to each other. Rather, each person has his own way of thinking. And not only does each person have a unique reason why he was created, each person 
has a unique reason or merit to continue existing. So there you go. You have, you know, at least I'll give you that verse, the Varim 2019, Deuteronomy 2019, where it says, for a man is like a tree of the field. So we are, there's a reason why the Lord wanted not to destroy those, those trees that were on the field. And it, we've been seeing lately that it's been politicized, but it's been politicized or politicized, or it's been used by the politics. But we can see now that the destruction of the trees are destructing us as well. The less water, uh, fires, and, you know, it, it's a lot of mess. But, you know, I'm not an expert in environmental issues, and I don't want to get involved in politics and things like that. But we're having a situation with those burning and, and getting rid of the trees. Huge problem, very huge problem. The other thing uh, important in this month is Shabbat Shirah. It's the, Shab the, the, the Sabbath of song. What is that? You know, in this month we're reading Va'era, Bo, what's the next? Be'shalach, right? On the 19th, we're going to read Be'shalach. And then Yitro. I mean, all these partials are, are really, really beautiful. So on Be'shalach, we read a very important verse, which is which is uh, Exodus 15, where it talks about, you know, who is like you, Adonai, among the mighty? Who is like you, sublime in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? And so we, we say that prayer here every Shabbat. So that's, that's going to be on Be'shalach, one of very important... Uh, you know, kind of they giving them honor to that song right after uh, they cross over the Red Sea. Now, there's a commentary here. No creature ever uttered a more beautiful song to God than this one. The song is therefore beloved to Israel. They recite it daily, and they read it from the Torah publicly on one Shabbat each year and on the seventh day of Pesach. When we commemorate the miracle of splitting of the Red Sea with a special melody and with great rejoicing, some follow the custom of standing when it's read. Special honor is a corp is, uh, you know, in Shabbat Shirah on Beshalach. Anytime we do Shabbat uh, Beshalach. Miriam was dancing. Remember, she was dancing. They were singing this song and, and she was dancing. She was leading, you know, leading role of woman in Exodus and the Shirah. In the Exodus, the Midrash teaches that Jewish women play a major role in the Exodus by keeping alive the spirits of their husbands, preventing them from becoming depressed under the burden of slavery and giving up in despair. They accomplish this by paying special attention to their appearance in charming and enticing their husbands, thus keeping their marriages and their families alive and together under extremely difficult circumstances. They did this by using mirrors made of copper, and those mirrors were eventually donated for the construction of the temple. Uh, they were requested for the construction of the Mishkan. The woman donated these mirrors for using the copper elements of the sanctuary. Their acceptance for this purpose demonstrates the important principle uh, of feminine beauties that serves a great role, primarily within the holy and modest context of marriage. You have to, you know, modesty is very important in this issue. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Relevant celebrations for us believers in the Messiah. Well, we um, for this month of Tushbeab and the New Year of the Trees. Uh, it says here, when you enter the land and plant various kinds of fruit, fruit trees, you are to regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years, it will be forbidden. For three years, it will be forbidden to you and not eat. Uh, in the fourth year, all its fruit will be holy for praising Adonai. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit, its fruit, so that it will produce even more for you. I am Adonai your God. That's in Leviticus 19:23 to 25. There are four new years. The first is Shvat, new year for the trees, according to the ruling of Beit Shammai, Beit However, places on the 15th of that month. That's in Mishnah Rosh Hashanah 1 Y. Why this celebration is so important for us, the believers in the Messiah? Why it is? I mean, you gotta put things together, right? Why all of this is important? Why Yeshua has to do with all of this? There is a very important um, traditional belief on the, the Semach. What is the semach? The semach is just a little plant, a sprout, a branch. Just a little thing that is coming out. One of the many names of Mashiach is semach. Yeah, semach, which is being translated in many sidurim as plant, sprout, branch. If you have different sidurim, different sidur, you'll see the, the different translations. But it means the same thing. Where we can find this word and concept in Jewish literature? In Shemone Israel. Shemone Israel, which literally means 18, is a prayer that is considered the center of any Jewish religious service, also known as the Amidah or Hatevilah. Now, we said a prayer in here, but we say just a little portion of it. We don't say not even the half percent. The Amidah is the core of the Jewish worship and prayer. The prayer is known by three names. One name is uh, the Amidah, which translated means standing, reflecting the fact that we stand when we recite the prayer. The second one is referred to as Shemon Ezrei, which means 18, indicating that it was originally comprised of 18 prayers. Eventually, they added another prayer. I think it was by 200 of the common era, I'm not sure, but it was added against the heretics, which eventually happened to be us, the Messianic believers. So the other third name that is called is the prayer. Hatefila is the prayer. Very important that when you go to the book of Acts, you'll find that prayer right there. You know, after Yeshua after Yeshua died, the apostles continue going to the temple. You know that, right? They continue going to the temple. They continue celebrating. 
all these things. Now, the complete Jewish Bible is more clear, but if any Bible you have, you'll find this very important. In this Bible it says, one afternoon at three o'clock, the hour of Minha prayers, as Kepha and Yohanan were going up to the temple, a man crippled since birth was being carried in. Every day people used to put him in the beautiful gate of the temple so that he will beg on those going into the temple court. Now, why this is important? Why, why the writer of the Book of Acts, which some believe it was Luke, uh, Dr. Luke was very specific. He was very, very good in, in writing uh, dates. The book is the gospel, the version of the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts is very specific in dates. What happened is we don't read them. We just went through, like, you know, oh, what is the other? You know, but, but he's specific in the way, you know, he, he dates and put the times and everything. Why is it important? Why afternoon? Why three o'clock? Now, in some of the Bibles, he might say, the prayer and in the ninth hour. Why is the ninth hour? It's not 9 a.m. Is is the 3 p.m. because it was the time that the Romans used to use. So you gotta go back in time and space. You know, pick up your feet and go back in time and space and picture yourself in times of the Romans to understand that. So it was 3 p.m. All the scholars, we gotta depend on the scholarly, all these people who knows to to understand all these things, right? But now they've been putting them in writing, which is, is cool. Because, you know, if, if one of my brother Jewish brother cities, they go, okay, they were saying the Minha prayers? What the, how is that? How is that possible? I thought they were Christians, you know? They were not such a Christianity then, right here, in the Book of Acts. They were not Christianity yet. Although, Christian commentaries will tell you the opposite, right? But anyways, um, then you have other verses that support this, or expand this. Matthew, no, let's move to book, yeah, Matthew, let's go back to Matthew. One of the saddest verses of the Bible, but very important as well. It's right here, Matthew 27, 46. 27, 46, it says something very important. From noon, I'll read from 45. From noon until three o'clock in the afternoon, all the land was covered with darkness. At about three, Yeshua uttered a loud cry, Eli, Eli, lama shabachtani. My God, my God, why have you deserved me? Hearing this, some of the bystanders says, he is calling to Eliyahu. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, soaked it in vinegar, put him on a stick and get, I mean, there are so many things in here. This is rich. My head is starting to get overwhelmed already just by reading this. But why the three? It's the time of the Minha prayers. And it's the same time that the Jewish people are sacrificing the second lamb. And Yeshua died at the same time. He's dying. In other words, he's looking, probably looking, he's crucified, and looking at the temple and looking at the smoke going up and hearing the prayers of his people 
And at the same time, he's passing out. He's passing away. He's dying. You know. And, and, and the meaning of that is really, really important. And then eventually, Peter and John are doing a, a, a miracle at that time. It's just amazing. But not only that, there are other two verses, very cool verses. Acts 10, 3. And this is Cornelius. And it's not Cornelius, the husband of, of Caroline, okay? It's another Cornelius from a long, long time ago. Uh, he says, one afternoon around 3 o'clock, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, wait a minute, Cornelius is a God-feeder. He is a Gentile, probably his way to be... Uh, to uh, to go, you know, to be uh, converted to Judaism. This guy, Cornelius, apparently, I want to attach this same guy to in Mark when he says, "This is really the, the this was really son of God." I want to attach the same guy, but I I can't prove it. I cannot prove it. But I want to say it was the same guy who was there, the the, the who crucified Jesus. But I don't know. I'm just saying. But you see the connection? He's praying at that time. In the three o'clock in the afternoon, he's praying. He's, he's doing the hatefilah. He's doing the prayer. And then he saw these visions on 30. Verse 30, Cornelius answered, Three days ago around this time, I was at Minha prayers in my house when suddenly a man in shining clothes stood in front of me and so on and so on. Now, this chapter that some people think it talks about food, it's not about food, but it's about this prayer. It's about many other issues that we don't know of until we really study it. So, the prayer is very important. Well, in the prayer, there are many sections, but when you go, I have no time to go all over these things, but when you go to the 15th prayer, a very important thing is, is in here. Uh, there's sections. The first section starts with three blessings called Avot, Hebrew for ancestors. It is the introduction to connect to the divine, Geburah, might, and Kedushah, holiness. The middle section, only recited on week, weekdays, consists of 13 blessings that are individual and commun communal requests to God. The first five prayers of these sections are personal or individual requests to God to improve the situation of each person to give us the ability to repent and our, of our transgressions, for God to give us grace and forgive us, to send Messiah, our Redeemer, and to heal the sick. Right? That's the second section. The following eight prayers on these sections are explicitly of the communal and national needs. Prayers for rain, to ensure God crops, prayers to end the diaspora, to restore the judges and establish justice back to the world, to humble those who want to destroy Israel, to sustain the righteous of Israel, to rebuild Jerusalem. See, this is amazing while the, in the, in the, the Muslims are praying to the destruction of the infidels. Jewish people is praying to, to, to basically to humble those who want to destroy Israel. Not really to destroy them, but to humble them. It's just amazing. To sustain the righteous of Israel, to rebuild Jerusalem, to reestablish the Davidic dynasty. 
to reestablish the Vedic, the Vedic dynasty and a petition to hear and answer the prayer of his people. All these middle sections changed on uh, the changes on Shabbat and holidays. The rabbis established the middle section as an opportunity to celebrate the holiness of the Shabbat day on the festival of holiday. The third and final section of the Amidah concludes with blessings of thanksgivings to God. They are called Avodah, uh, which means service. And Hoda'ah, Toda'ah, which means thanks, Toda'ah, Avodah, Toda'ah. The final prayer is called Shalom, peace. This is a petition to bestow justice, mercy, mercy and peace of the world. The community asks to God, grant peace, goodness, blessings, and comparison upon everyone. Compassion, I'm sorry, upon everyone. Now, in the 15th prayer of the uh, Shemone Israel or the Amida, the 15th prayer, it's very interesting. I'm just going to talk about the 15th prayer. Uh, I like to talk about that. Uh, the Amida of Shemone Israel is called Birka David. This 15th prayer is the Birkat David, is the blessing of David. And Malchut Bet David, the kingdom of David. That's the name of that prayer. And it's very interesting what he says. What he says, if you can put the Hebrew there, he says the, 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 the next thing. He says, you see the red part in there? He says, et zemach, you see the word right there? Et zemach, that's the word. Et zemach, David, abdecha mechera tashmiach. Vekarnot arum beshutecha. Kile shutecha kivinu kohayom. Baruchat Adonai, matmiach keren Yeshua. At the end, you see that word, Yeshua, right there. It's just amazing how, I mean, and they, we have, I have different translations of it. One, it says, the offspring of thy servant David quickly calls to flourish and lift up his power by thy deliverance. For thy deliverance do we constantly hope. Blessed art thou, Lord, who makes the glory of deliverance to flourish. And another one says, another translation, another Siddur says, speedily calls the plant of your servant David to grow, offspring, flourish, and let his horn, the power, be exalted by your salvation. For we hope for your salvation all day. Blessed are you, Hashem, who causes the horn of salvation to grow. Um, so, why they been translated Zemach David as the offspring of David or David? Serach means offspring. Semach is a plant, which is a male word in Hebrew. The sages tell us that Zemach is the name of Mashiach here in this prayer. We already see that it's being translated with different words, offspring, branch, sprouts. Now remember in Hebrew, a name of a person refers to his interior, to his soul. So why Mashiach is called Semach? Where did the rabbis find the base of this prayer. Let's look into a couple verses. The prophets, Jeremiah 33, 14, 16. Here the days are coming, says Adonai, when I will fulfill this good promise which I have proclaimed for the house of 
Israel and the house of Yehuda. When those days come, at that time, I will cause to spring up for David a branch of righteousness. And in Zechariah, uh, I mean a plant of righteousness or a branch of righteousness, it's interesting. Now in Zechariah 6.12, it says, and it's in this particular chapter of Zechariah is also talking about the messianic era. And he says, and tell him Adonai Zavachot says, there is coming a man whose name is Zemach, sprout. He will sprout up from his place and rebuild the temple of Adonai. Just talking about the Messiah, the second coming of the Messiah. We can go through all the things and other interpretations and you can see about the kind of the two messianic the two messiahs, basically. Uh, Hamashiach ben Yosef and Hamashiach ben David. It's just amazing. Uh, so, I'm just going to, you know what a plant needs. I, I've been talking too much. So, you know, a plant needs, what a plant needs. It needs dirt, water, light, right? Just go through quickly, you know, dirt, um, uh, water, and light. So, uh, water, the sages tell us that, uh, with dirt, what is dirt, 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 I didn't put dirt in here, anyway, this is dirt, um, there's a Hebrew verb along with this word zemach, it's moach. There is no translation for this word in any language. It means grow up like a plant. Semach need to lismoach, some translated to flourish. Mashiach, help us to be patient. There are different kinds of seeds. Everyone needs to grow in a different way, no matter when, but you need to die before you grow. All of us need to die before we grow. I just saw a video from Rabbi Matt Rosenberg from Seattle, Washington. And he was explaining the life of Mashiach, you know, uh, and explained to be new, to renew our life, to renew our minds and everything. Uh, try, just try tonight, when you get back home, try to use like two jackets on your old jacket and try to put a new jacket on it. And just, you know, it's an exercise for you to, how you feel to wear something new on old, on top of old clothes. I don't think you're going to feel well. So that's, that's what Paul is talking about. When you are in Yeshua, you got to take your old clothes out and wear the new one. You cannot wear new clothes on top of old clothes. Or I would say third, dirty clothes on top uh, uh, first and then new clothes on top, clean clothes. You know what I mean? It's kind of kind of crazy, but try to do that and, and you'll feel the difference. So he helped us to be patient. Some people feel that when that happen, happens is the end. When you die to yourselves, to the world, when you start to establish priorities in your life, having the, the new in your, forgetting about the old, establishing, you know, the new, the secular year, getting getting rid of it and using it just for your secular moments, you know. But then you establish a new time in your life, you'll see the difference. Some people feel like when they die, uh, 
is the end. But in reality, it's just the beginning. Do not commit a spiritual suicide. Everyone has trials. Some people don't, don't, they can't do it. They just want to go back to the old because it feels comfortable. It feels better. It's just your, your old shoes. Have you tried the new shoes and the old shoes? I want to keep my old shoes, you know, because I feel more comfy. But they're getting bad. I can't use them anymore. The water goes into it, right? When it rains, they're full of water. So you've got to get new ones. But you feel so comfy with the old ones that even you show up at the congregation with those old shoes, you know, because you feel more comfortable with it. And so Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we, with patience, wait for it. Romans 8.25 For everything written in the past was written to teach us, so that with the encouragement of the Tanakh we might patiently hold on to our hope. And may God, the source of encouragement and patience, give you the same attitude among yourselves as the Messiah Yeshua had, Romans 15. When people get rotten or die in a spiritual way, get desperate, they don't have a muna or faith in the Creator. You're always going to have trials in this world. People have to hope, have no hope after certain trials. You need to acquire the tools to confront those trials. And that way, you won't have to have a spiritual suicide. You don't have to commit a spiritual suicide. Uh, now the dirt signifies our roots according to the sages water, the sages tell us that water is the Torah and light uh, is, you know, a plant receives light, solar light, this process is called what? Photosynthesis right, it's the photosynthesis uh, so the new year of trees, each species represents, did I say it right again? species or spices? species alright still sounds weird to me. Okay, the fruits. That's more neutral. Uh, for Adonai your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams, springs, and water welling up from the depth of the valley and on hillsides. And the land of wheat, barley, grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. There you go. You have the, you have all the, the thing. Wheat, barley, grapes, with barley, grapes, figs, pomegranates, olives, which is the oil, and dates, honey, which is a palm tree. It's not the, the beet, the, the, those other kinds of honey. It's a palm tree. Uh, let's move on. Now, today's significance of the seven species. The seven species are traditionally eating on two bishbat, the Jewish New Year of the Trees, on Sukkot, the Festival of Booth, and on Shavuot, the Festival of Weeks. In, in Halcha, Jewish law, they are considered more important than other fruits, and a special beracha blessing is recited after eating them. Additionally, the blessing prior to eating them proceeds from other food items except for bread. Why do we need to remember this? Pesach. We're about to get into Pesach, people. We're about to finish this year. Okay? We're about to end up this year and start a new year on, on, on Nisan. And on Pesach, we celebrate that. It's the holidays of the spring season. 
for all of us together as a community, let's start on the cycle of the Torah again and again. And don't forget that Yeshua Messiah is all over this celebration. These are the shadows of the Messiah and represents the way that one day we're all going to be living in the world to come, but today we can have a taste of what, is, what it will be then. Um, don't forget Yeshua experience in the Gethsemane. This, uh, that's another class for, you know, spiritual thing, a sadiq, what is a sadiq, and so on. Now, how is your spiritual growing? The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar olive, cedar olive. Are you a cedar or are you something else? Are you studying his word to show others how much knowledge you have? Just to show off. Or, or you are doing it for the Lord. What are you? What is your motivation to study the Torah? What is your motivation to do things for the Lord? You doing it for the Lord, or you pretending to be pious? Study to show yourself approved by God, workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Timothy, Timothy 2:15, from the modern English version. So are you growing patiently, like in a spiritual plant? Or you part of this modern uh, era that, you know, I call it the uh, rush, you know, the, the fast food, fast food uh, environment. We want everything by yesterday. We want everything by now, right? We want that. We, we, we pray, calling the Lord like he's, he's got some kind of customer service approach in there, right? I want it now, Lord. I want it now. I mean, that's disrespectful. You can't talk to the Lord like that. You gotta be patient. Okay? You gotta be very patient. He's gonna do it in his time. Are you, what are you doing to accomplish certain things? Are you doing the rituals of the Torah just to chop off? Or are you just doing it because you mean it? That's that's the question. Let's pray. Abba, thank you for your Word, thank you for Yeshua, our Messiah. Father, just help us to be ready for your holidays. Be ready to this rehearsal that is coming up. Help us to, to um, just heal our minds, hearts, and bodies. Help us to be different so people can see the light of Yeshua in our lives. So thank you, Father, for the month of Shabbat and help us to end up this year just being ready for the new one to come.